Hi guys, so this week we're talking to our former dance teacher, Junior Jones. He's an incredible man who inspired quite a lot of us at school because he was a very strong and just all-round great guy. And he's also a black man, so he's here to talk about his experiences and his um, views on what's going on in the world right now. So Enjoy, and join us next week for the Yemen episode. Up until about six minutes into the podcast, there are mild connectivity and audio issues. We have tried to compensate with some voiceovers, but from then on, the audio was fine. I'm Junior Jones. I work as a choreographer and also a producer. I do a lot of work in education as well. And I um, work on cultural projects whereby I look at how it affects the earth, the planet, um, because I think that's a very important issue. And based on the recent um, um, episodes that's been happening in America, that's brought to our attention the um, injustice of people of color within, within, within America, um, it's brought this incredible movement onto the planet where a lot of people are now turning around and saying, we need to do something about this. And um, that's what I feel is important and um, I think that the black community have a lot of young white supporters, which is incredible. It's a complete sea change, and it's something that everybody's really happy to see and experience. One brilliant thing that I've noticed is obviously when you look at people like the average person that I'm going to be friends with, so, you know, a white guy who's my age, they are so influenced by hip-hop, which is a obviously massive part of black culture. And um, when you look back at the history of it, it's a really, really impactful part of it. And um, it's just such a sort of prevalent part of our generation. Absolutely. That makes sense as well. Because, I mean, just like everything, if you have, if you've been involved with that community from a music perspective, but also... You know, Patrick, myself, with myself and you, I've choreographed in, in school and we've worked extensively whilst I was working at the school with you. And that gave you experience with people like myself. And then, yeah. And then, of course, the music and the hip hop and everything does contribute, but you've had personal experience with people like myself who look like me as well. And um, it has never phased you. And I think that's got a lot to do with it as well for a lot of other people. I think you were... I think you were the type of person who was open to working with people from different nationalities because it's just part of your nature and it's a part of a lot of young people's nature. And I think that's what's caused the surge in supportance um, of supporting amongst, um, amongst white members of the community, young white members of the community, you know, standing there saying, you know, Black Lives Matter and very proud of it. And I think that's because of this, um, you know, people have been taught by them as well. And I think that's I think that's what it is. As you know, early in my life, I didn't really have a father figure around. So I would look up to a lot of the um, male figures in my life that I meet. And you were one of them. You were the first man I met, regardless of race, your role in my life and all that stuff. You were the first man that really demonstrated the importance of embracing and expressing my emotions properly. Obviously, it was through dance, but you also... um you never hid your emotions and you were very open with it, which was brilliant. And the fact that you're a black man shows the importance of embracing sort of other cultures because of the um, different experiences that there are in different cultures. And there's so much that I could learn from you and probably 
for example, your kids could learn from me. So rather than letting the cultural differences divide us, we really, really should be saying, I'm going to listen to you and learn from your, your different experiences, which would be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is the most important thing that young people want to learn about our experiences of what we've been through in, um, in England and growing up in England and being English and, but having my West Indian heritage, which obviously I'm very proud about as, as, as are a lot of my contemporaries as well, all of my contemporaries in fact. But I think that the, the amalgamation of the cultures in regards to music and the arts has allowed people from different segments of the community to not only get to know these people, but to really understand their, their culture. But also, like we're having a conversation here about the difficulties that we've all experienced. You know, when I was younger, I never had a, um, a, a, a black teacher teaching me um, um, dance or English or maths. I never had, a, um, I never had anybody in a senior position of power in Britain that was of color. So when we look at David Lammy, who's now the shadow justice secretary of the Labour Party, and he was hurled from the back benches all the way to the front by Keir Starmer, because now he's more in the public eye than he was previously. And I think things like that are positive. And I think it's where young people who really have the, the, the keys for the future, because you're gonna be in positions of influence at some point, and you know what's happened in the past when people haven't been given a fair chance. And that's going to be, hopefully, that's going to be alleviated and everybody's going to get a fair crack at the whip. People want to be able to do what they want to do by going to school, getting their qualifications, going out, getting a job and rising to the highest point in the industry and not actually meeting that glass ceiling like women did, you know, for many occasions and you can't get up there. Something's got to happen. And it's not just lip service. We need to see results. We need to see some action. And that's what the younger generation can help happen, which is really great. When I first got the letters from my daughters, my, um, my daughter, my wife sent me the letter by my daughter. And, and basically, you know, my daughter, she didn't want to talk to people about how she felt. She didn't want to, she didn't want to say to people, well, I, I feel like this. And, you know, I don't feel as if I'm doing very well at school, you know. You know, everything's happy, all rosy, etc. singing and dancing and all that. But I knew something was wrong. And yeah. that's why I felt I had to do something about it. Mm. So young people sometimes they have little, what do they call it? They call it banter, banter. Yeah. And sometimes somebody thinks it's funny. And then six or seven people think it's funny. Then what happens is that the person, the perpetrator, the person who is directed at, all of a sudden, it's not protected by a herd, mm. but the person who's done the banter is. Mm. So they're doing it on their own yeah. and they're feeling awful and they're smiling because they want to fit in, mm. but they don't really fit in. And people, yeah. young people do get that, but they don't want to do anything about it. Okay. Yeah. So that's when I found the letters from my daughter and it was very, very, very sad, very depressing letters of how she knew that they were her friends but they kept making snide remarks about her ethnicity mm. and it really upset her. And it started, they started to use the N word with her and things like that. And it, and she was on her own. She was on her own. There was no other kids in the school that looked like her at that time. Um, and she, um, and it really did upset her. 
And that's when I realized I've got to do something in regards to culture that can help us get out of this mess and then allow the school to address these issues. Because at the time, I don't think it was something that the, um, that the school, I think they were aware of it, but I think they weren't quite sure of how to deal with it. And you know what? That's okay. Because if you've not had it directed at you, how are you going to know how to deal with it? Yeah. So that's when I put the project together with Forest Forge Theatre Company. And it, uh, we, we called it Invisible Difference with Kirsty Davis, who was the director at the time. And that's when we went into the school, um, into Ringwood School where I live and, and delivered the project. And that's when um, Stuart allowed me to take it over to Ush to deliver the project as well, because he was aware that there was bantering going on mm -hmm. within the school. But people don't understand the impacts that that has on you when you're very young. Mm. And that's what the idea was about. So how could you tell people the effects? How could you, using culture, allow young people to see the effects of banter that starts innocently, but has a deeper, sinister kind of undertone? whether intentionally or unintentionally. So that's when I put the idea together with Forest Forge and Kirsty and uh, Lucy from Forest Forge as well. They decided to work with me on this. And then we, um, we did it and we called it Invisible Difference. And we decided to make it obvious what boys thought about girls and what girls thought about boys and using dance as the metaphor to be able to, um, to, be able to, to, to highlight those differences. So boys dance like girls, girls dance like boys, and then watch each other, what happens? And the boys will say, well, you don't dance like that. Mm. Mm. And the girls will say, well, we don't dance like that. So the message was stereotypes. Mm. This is what people think, and it isn't necessarily the way it is. It's funny that you mentioned that, because when um, I used to be a lot more into dance, like obviously, you know, I went into Taekwondo. Yeah. But before yeah. that, I was a lot more into dance, and um, I remember I was, I can't remember what it was for. I think it was some Red Cross challenge or something. And they put yep. a move in, and I was one of like few boys there. And they went, oh, I yep. hope you don't mind doing that. I know it's quite like feminine, quite girlish. And yep. I didn't even think about that because like I, I said earlier, um, obviously I didn't have a dad around, so I was influenced by women quite a lot. And I didn't <laughs> really, I never thought about that. And when I was doing a dance, I was just thinking like, I'm just dancing. And yep. um, so obviously that's kind of stuff doesn't really, well, obviously it doesn't need to be, but like there's no good excuse for that to be in people's minds, that kind of bias that's already there. Absolutely. And it's taught. Bias mm. is taught. Mm. You'll learn these things. Yeah. I mean, I've recently heard of um, somebody's parents saying it's pretty good to tell these people what you think of them. You can call black people this, you can call them that. And it's not right, but yeah. that particular person has got it from their parent. Yes. And as far as I'm concerned, things like that are taught. Yeah. You know, you're not born with being um, 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 racist, for example. You're not born hating gay people or women. It's taught. Yeah. It's, it's a taught behavior and it's man-made. And that's where education comes in. And that's why, you know, being you know, working with you guys at the school for the period of time that I did at Ash, it really helped me to use culture and the arts in a way to help solve problems. But I will say, I mean, you know, I mean, I was heading the project, but it was Miss Dibden as well, who was heavily behind it. 
And um, she was the person that I'd spoken to initially about how to construct the project. And she did all the background work and the, 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 the corresponding with Stuart and all the heads, other heads of department and getting everybody involved to be able to go and sit down at the end and see what happens. And I didn't know what was going to happen at the end, Patrick. Guys, guys, I just didn't know. I had no idea. I didn't know that I was going to burst into tears. I had no idea. It was purely real. It was yeah. absolutely real. And I think at that point, I'd never really had a chance to speak about it or, or explain it to anybody because I was busy working with, with the work. But of course, you know, at the end, it did get quite emotional for me, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but the impact, obviously, you know, has left its legacy. And I think things yeah. like that should be done more in schools, to be honest, to, so people can understand the differences between people and not accept people for who they are. And when you look at our school, that was like, around 1,100 students, I think. Yeah. If 10% of those students were Im impacted as much as we were by yeah. it, that's still 100 yeah. people that will then go out. Those mm. 100 people are going to talk about it. Mm. Then you'll get absolutely. maybe 20 from each person. Absolutely. It, You're absolutely if right. If all did that, that would be incredible because there would then be... Well, it would. Well, it would. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things that I'd like to be able to do is to get schools to... Um, to, to, to contact us actually, mm. to be able to bring the project into schools so that um, they can approach these difficult conversations, mm. but by using dance as a metaphor yeah. and by telling stories at the end to get people to understand that it's not just a lesson, this is a real thing that happened. Mm. Yeah. And if it happened at school, then does it happen in corporate world mm. because they never had the benefit of having anything like this yeah. so yeah. all the people who were going to be employing you in the future they wouldn't have been privileged to have had an opportunity like that mm. so they still may be some of them are holding internal prejudices you know um um, um holding bias that they're not actually aware of until they take part in something to bring them bring them aware a big part of it is seeing that and just saying oh i've seen that that exists because like yeah. i'll still pick up on myself doing things every once in a while that i'm like wait yeah yeah what? like I've, yeah. i'm meant to be one of the good guys here why am i doing that and it's well, just i mean society hmm. society teaches us how to behave and how to interact with each other and society is very good at doing it through through films, yeah. through what we see on TV, because there's like old TV programs like, you know, Love Our Neighbor. And if you look at that on YouTube, you will see that there's so many racial undertones mm -hmm. that it was literally a crime for somebody who looks like me to go out in the street. Mm. And, you know, it's one of those things that society, for some unknown reason, right, put on um, people who look like me, that they're, you know, criminals and not good for society and all these kind of stupid things and, you know, enforce this, 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 this kind of racist narrative, mm. which doesn't really need to be there in the slightest. Yeah. But somebody put it there. And I don't to know who. Well, I'd yeah. say most probably the British Empire. Probably, I don't, don't know, but when you look at... um. 
Because when you look at the reports of the British Empire when they first um, headed over to Africa, you see reports of things like this is a strong nation of strong people with um, important resources. And they said things yeah. like to break down their self-confidence. That's like yeah. genuine quotes from people from the British Empire. Mm. Mm. I mean, medical like uh, students, like there was a study four years ago where they thought that black people don't feel pain. Yeah. Medical students and like lay people as you know, just anyone didn't medical students who actually have the power to give people medicine and drugs yeah. to help them thought that black people don't feel pain. It's just four years <laughs> ago as well. It's, it's mad, isn't it? If you guys are watching on YouTube right now, then you will see a clip from Junior Jones's recent ITV News Meridian interview. It was an amazing interview. He spoke about um the impact of the Windrush generation on him and the work that he does. So he has done an underwater dance project to demonstrate the different ways that um, people interact with the ocean. And part of it pulls into um, environment and climate change. And it's a really, really good interview. There's also a couple other sort of black figures from Southampton within the interview. It's definitely worth a watch so the link should be in the description or in our link tree so yeah definitely please give it a watch yeah but you were saying about in regards to the um in regards to um the rhetoric of the um of what was happening in the british empire initially um to make people feel less confident you know, and going to these areas. Um, it's, it's, it's part of colonization and it's not nice, but it really is about, you know, it's about murdering a group of people's mm -hmm. confidence and also physically so that you can get the resources that you need yeah. to get. And it's a technique. It's a, it's a, it's a technique. <laughs> There's nothing you can argue. You can't argue about it. It's a technique, yeah. but it is your generation that's helping change that. You know, it's your generation that's thinking, you know, this, 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 this can't happen. So it's important for you guys to get into really good positions and do what you need to do with your jobs so that you can change the culture. And when you change the culture, well, you're going to have access to a whole different kind of world mm. because a lot of people are going to want to do work with you guys. So it's really, it's the next generation. And we can't just talk about it. We need action. We, yeah. we, we don't need rhetoric. We need action. We need to do it. So that, for example, you guys could go over to Africa, for example, and forge business relationships with African business leaders. Mm -hmm. And because they're seeing that the way you are, your culture is, then obviously they're gonna be more open to do business with mm -hmm. people like yourselves, right? Because it's a different culture, mm -hmm. you know, all the time keeping the needs of Britain first and making sure that Britain um, benefits from any trade from, um, from what you do with, with, with other countries, you know? And that's, that's the way to, to, to do it. You know, if the culture changes, and the perception changes, then a lot of good things can happen as a result of that, you know, yeah. Yeah, because you see a lot of British people almost brag about the fact that we have a multicultural society. Yeah. And really, what we've got is a multicultural population that, has, that forces white culture onto that population. Yeah. It's not really yeah. a multicultural society at all. Well, I mean, the, the, the thing is, is that Britain is an Anglo-Saxon island, mm -hmm. okay? Nothing wrong with that. Fantastic, okay? The, pro the, the problem is, is when there's an immigration policy and like my parents, you know, invited to come to this country, mm -hmm. but then being made to feel like second-class citizens yeah. when they arrived. 
And, you know, my grandfather fought for Britain in the First World War from Jamaica. Yeah. And he actually volunteered. I've got his records from the National Archives. And um, he came over to Britain and was sent to Turkey. And he was prepared to die for the king. He yeah. knew he would probably not go back to Jamaica. But he wanted to make this contribution. And he wanted to fight for the mother country. So he did that. He went back to Jamaica as a result of injuries sustained in action. My mother came over here and wasn't made welcome by members of the local community. Even though that we'd spilt blood for Britain in the First and Second World Wars, still not welcome in society. Well, and you see their um, arguments of the patriotism, but that's then they overlook that. When you look at the opposing yeah. groups, usually, it's all that, yeah. that war. They hold that to such a high standpoint, but you would have thought that would get more recognition then. Yeah, but it doesn't. I mean, this is the point. I mean, the, the contribution by the, um, by the, the Jamaican community, the, the, um, the, the Caribbean community, and the African and the Asian communities, all the BAME communities were here because of colonization and we wanted to help fight and stop the spread of, um, of Nazism in the yeah. Second World War and also to tell the Kaiser what to do in the First World War. I mean, this is what we, we try to help with. But these things are not really celebrated. So yeah. there's no story. There's no, there's no stories. There's, there's, there is no stories. Well, because really there, well, there to the British public's eyes is the story of Winston Churchill, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. what that is. I mean, the thing, the thing about um, Winston Churchill, I mean, he did, I mean, let's face it. I mean, what he did was absolutely incredible. He had views of the time. But he's, his views were purely about looking after um, Britain because mm. he didn't want us all to be taken over by the Nazis. And yeah. I lived in Germany for two years and the German population are very, very, very ashamed of what happened during the war yeah. in regards to they allowed the, um, the Fuhrer to take power because Germany was suffering after the First World War. Yeah. And it was a big mistake by the German people. So I tend to get, you know, I tend to get very upset when you've got members of the far right, you know, doing um, Nazi salutes in front of Churchill, when he fought, really fought to get rid of the ideology in Britain. And then that's when they're doing it there. But that says a lot about, you know, then their, 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 their behavior. Yeah. But in terms of Churchill, yes, he had negative, he had racist views, he had all these kind of things. But I think, you know, you've got, you've got to give Churchill his due, mm -hmm. okay? I'm not interested in his views on racism at all okay it's wrong i feel it's absolutely wrong to be that way but we have to remember as well he came from a certain period of time mm -hmm. and he did stop this country speaking german okay he was the one who strategically made it happen mm -hmm. and of course people are going to turn around and say well you know he was racist he was racist and and he was racist and it's something that you know that i don't think anybody should be proud of mm -hmm. but the real the real problem is when you've got people, you know, um, the statue in Bristol, I thought that was fantastic, the way that the Black Lives Matter things did that, yeah. that was fantastic. And, you know, I thought they were very good. They cleaned up, they put it in the river, they didn't leave a mess, I thought it was really good. You know, and I, as, far, as far as I was concerned, that guy who, Colston, he literally gave a lot of people money so that it would put his, um, his legacy forever in, um, in Bristol. 
So yeah. you can't turn around and say, well, Bristol's got a very high percentage of people from different cultural backgrounds. And so you've got the, the statue of Colson there, you know, sticking the finger up at them all. And not because, you know, you know he's doing it in the statue, but the, the fact is that the local authority were insensitive towards the feelings of members of the local community who voted for them and paid taxes to keep them in power. Yeah. So the, the point is, statues like that, I don't think they should be um, thrown away. I think they should have their own designated building. And I think both sides of the argument need to be put in because if you have one side of the argument for something, you're never going to get any sort of funding from the local authority. And in academic circles, if you've got one side, it's not having a balanced view. Mm. So we need to know, you know, these other views that these people did and the amount of people they killed. I mean, Colston, what was it? It's something like, a hundred thousand slaves he imported from Africa, yeah. and out of those, twenty thousand are dead in the Middle Passage. So it's a business deal, isn't it? I mean, if you've got two thousand slaves, if you're going to sell a hundred one thousand five hundred slaves, you pack your ship with 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 two thousand. You know you're going to get rid of five hundred in the Middle Passage, and they're dead. Yeah, those generations are gone mm. to serve us, you know, to to, to serve the, the books. Yeah. Yeah. And his money was given to lots of people, you know, and um, lots of charities, you know, to solidify his legacy. Yeah. And his legacy was blood. Exactly. Yeah. Blood, blood, death, murder. And he came with lots of money, but he murdered a lot of people, mm. you know. And it's like Cecil Rhodes in Oxford, Cecil Rhodes. My daughter was at the... Um, uh, the, uh, the um, the march to get rid of Cecil Rhodes. Mm -hmm. And Cecil Rhodes was terrible of what he did in, in South Africa, of, of the culture that he created there. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely awful. And you know, there's nothing there's nothing worse than killing people so that you can get what you want to get and then outlawing it once you've got what you've got. Yeah. It just says everything. We're told not to do these things, yet we're sat on some people are sat on the glory of bloodshed yeah. you know and there's nothing now we can do about it because it's done but what we can do is 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 influence the future yeah you know with that stuff influence like, the future it goes straight back to education it's the fact that like obviously um with Rhodes and the statue from bristol they don't deserve to be celebrated in any way mm. and that's why yeah. those got taken down but then yeah. has aspects throughout our history that both should be scrutinized and celebrated. So Absolutely. He did some good things, and that's why there's a statue. Yeah. But the issue yeah. is that there's just a statue celebrating what he did well. There's no education of what he did wrong. And that's well, where... Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I agree. I mean, what we do need to do is look at both sides of the argument. Yeah. Okay. You know, because we can paint a picture of somebody or a group of people, and it's great, but... You know, there's going to be something in there. If one person is subservient to another, then that's happened because of a reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's something that's done it. Something that's done it. And the media has a. The media is very good at um, painting a picture mm. of, um, of 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 things. And I mean, the article that I did for um, for Meridian the other day was focusing on the Windrush generation. Mm -hmm. And my parents had it very hard when they came into this country. They had it absolutely really tough. Mm -hmm. 
and because they weren't accepted in society. You know, they were the underdogs at that point. Yeah. Then the, the program said, but look what's happened now. And yeah, it happened and it's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. The point is, you know, everyone's still working when the cameras aren't there. Mm. And I still, you know, you know, um, hope for the day when people will be, you know, judged by the content of their character and not skin colour. Yeah. And I genuinely think that, you know, education is a way forward for that. And I just hope, you know, it's people like you and your younger generation mm -hmm. that can make that change for the future. Well, yeah, so obviously that's gone. And pretty much every discussion we've had has yeah. gone back to education. Yeah. Um, there's only so much that schools can do. What from your, because obviously you've got very involved in the education side of things. What yeah. from your point of view is a good way to educate at home? So say if you're talking to your, you know, lots of people have a racist grandparent or something because of their generation. A lot of yeah. people have a slightly outspoken family member or absolutely younger people in their family who don't know about it yet. How yeah. what would you say is a good way to talk to them? The good way to um, well, first of all, it's important to respect people's views because we live in a democracy, mm -hmm. and we live where we are allowed to have freedom of thought. Okay, and we can say what we want as long as we don't go around killing people. Okay, mm -hmm. but the best way to um, to confront these things is just ask questions. Yeah. So if somebody says something that's, you know, that's controversial, say, well, why do you think that? Mm. And be comfortable with the silence. Mm. Well, yeah, because my, um, my, one of my mum's friends, she's, um, her mum was Windrush generation as well. Yeah. And, um, she was a social worker and she told yeah. me one time she walked into um, a flat block and there was a boy in the elevator and the boy was like, quite young and he looked up at his mum and went why is she black and um she just looked at the boy and went well why are you white and he went oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, this is kids will ask those questions which yeah. is fine i was um in uganda mm -hmm. and i was working out there with some young people from dorfit youth services and um it was to do a production in in um in Kampala in Uganda and um mixed the, the work that we did here in England with the work that they did in Africa and then we make a big show. And I remember walking down the street one day, well it was in the bush really, with some of the young people who were from Dorset and some of the kids hadn't seen a white person before. Mm. So mm. all the kids ran in and said, Mazulu, Mazulu, which means white man in Swahili. Mazulu, Mazulu. And kids will do that if they're mm. not familiar with a particular segment of society. So yeah. that's fine. So why is that person black? And she said, well, why are you white? It's yeah. a very good point, asking a question. And then also saying, well, you know, they're from the Caribbean or they're from Africa and that's what people are like there, just like we're like this here. Yeah. But I mean, coming back to the point, if you've got a relative or somebody close to you that turns around and airs these racist ideas, it's just ask them the question, why do you think like that? Yeah. Where's your evidence? And um, why do you choose? to say that yeah um our last question would be yeah. um if you were in a position of power like a prime yeah. minister or something what what yeah. steps would you take to help what I kind guess? of change would you like yeah. to see pretty much if you what kind of change that's a great question that's a big question i mean 
to get that question to wow that's a big question <laughs> that's a, that a huge question i mean what change would i do i would um one of the things that i would do is i would be focusing on getting the country to do as much business as it can do with other nations in material of um 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 race would not come into it and i would try and get business generated with as many countries as possible in education i would um i would try and work on policies to get young people to understand people from different cultures an introduction of for example workshops and experiences to get young people used to working with people from different cultures a bit like what you had yeah when we were working at the school and I think that once you've actually got that, I think once you've got that, that you've got something whereby um, you're building a foundation for not tolerance, but acceptance. Yeah. And this is who we are. Yeah. So I would change the whole thing of tolerance to acceptance through, um, through engaging in projects with education. And that will enable the country to do more business with other countries who are, for example, completely different cultures, but we've got a culture of accepting. Mm. And I think once you've got something like that, it's a powerful medium that a lot of countries would hopefully want to do business with you. And then you can get rid of the old ways of thinking in, 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 in the kind of eugenic system, which yeah. is what Hitler pioneered. That's it. That's what I would do. Well, yeah, because like I've never thought about that. But when you say like the um, the idea, what was the word you used? Um, Acceptance. Because you said about tolerance, though. If someone turned around and said they tolerated me, I'd want to put them on their ass. That's right. That's right. That's rude. That's that. right. Yeah, I, but a lot of people have said you're tolerated, mm. and that's not a good word at all because it's it means used a lot, isn't it? No, yeah. You can tolerate yeah. abuse, you can tolerate like abuse from a partner, you know, you can tolerate other people's bad views, but that shouldn't be tolerating someone else, you know, as, an Absolutely. Like, as a person. Absolutely. And that's the point. That has to be taken away. Mm. It's like being happy with who you are. Mm. As a nation, it's just acceptance. Mm. Yeah. This is what we are, and everybody is going to have a fair crack of the whip. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, because, you know, around where we live, obviously, there's quite a big Polish community. You are Polish. Yeah. And, mm. you know, in Poland, they celebrate Christmas Day on our Christmas Eve, don't they? Yeah. Like, you yeah. yeah. Think about it at school. You wouldn't have really had people going around saying to their Polish mates, Merry Christmas the day before. And it's I mean, those... I still have to, like, explain yeah. to people why it's a day early, you know? And it's those yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that I think will pay, play a big difference. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point. You know, members of the Polish community, you know, have contributed to this country mm. hugely, hugely. What was it? Was it three or three or eight away squadron in the Second World War that were absolutely magnificent? Mm. And the British had them riding around on bikes because they didn't think that they could, they could fly a plane properly. But these guys were ferocious because they've been fighting the Germans way before the Brits even started up the engine of a Spitfire. So these are things that need to be celebrated. Understanding when Christmas is done for members of the Polish community and accepting 
accepting. It's that's the word. That's one of the really one of the really exciting things about the BLM movement at the minute is that yeah. we straight away opened up so many other conversations. Yeah. So like, obviously we've come on and started speaking about that. Right now we've gone into education, we've gone into the Polish community, mm. we've got, we've spoken about dance. It's the yeah. fact that we've opened up all these conversations yeah. is really good as well. Oh, absolutely. The whole point of um of of these conversations is to bring other things into the into the arena as well and to you know so that we can have decent conversations about these things that way we can make solutions about these things and that way people's mental health won't be you know affected as a result of um of, of these things and then we can go forward better that's all we need we just need to go forward better but it is acceptance as opposed to tolerate okay. that needs to be looked at 